Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Rich Klein. We're going to do, this is the first time we've done a Dueling Questions episode 2.0. So I'm not sure how, how you're going to receive this, but Rich has enough interesting questions. I, I don't think he's ever going to run out of questions. And I promise you, we won't do this every week or every month. But um, Rich, and, I've, and Rich is interesting for sure that I've got some questions for Rich. So the back and forth, I think, will be entertaining. Uh, for Rich and me and for anybody that listens in. So if you've got questions or comments, send them in to Dr. James Beckett at, at uh, gmail.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-J-M-E-S. No no spaces, just write it out. And thanks, sponsors. Uh, again, I'd I wouldn't mind doing dueling questions with some of the sponsors. I do have some questions for some of the sponsors. And I don't mean just the card companies, Top Spinini and Upper Deck, uh, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, and uh, Beckett Media, Beckett Creating, Beckett Authentication, and comc.com. So having a lot of fun doing this and uh, the dueling questions format has been, uh, has been fun for me. And I think fun for the, and it was so much fun for Rich. He wants a second helping. So Rich, you know, the format, you get to go first. Welcome to the show and be kind. I am kind. And I'm going to leave them many years ago when I first started, <laughs> we'd have before the magazine, the price guide went to press, we'd have a weekly meeting with you about some of the last minute decisions and some of the important cards that were coming up. And in one of those meetings, I brought up a frustration that we didn't really market to all the Phoenix dealers when Charles Barkley was on the cover in 92, 93, the year he got traded there. And they probably could have sold five times as many copies, three times as many copies. And your response was fascinating. He says, you know, sometimes it's okay to leave money on the table. And I'm just curious because that's, that's something that not everybody does in this business. You know, everybody wants to make the last dollar for themselves. And we want to make a profit. So I'm not trying to say that, but I'm curious by, by in all these years later, how you did and said, okay, you know, sometimes it's okay not to make the last dollar, or, you know, overflow the market or anything. My first response, Rich, is what was I thinking? Where's that money now? Is it still on the table? Now, I think that um, what you're referring to is it's just, you know, there, there's, uh, we were trying to have a blend on these covers, which were very really were interesting to see the demand that was generated from some of these covers. And, but we, rather than doing it just to maximize the dollars, I think this is what we're talking about is that trying to be fair, trying to spread it around. And, uh, you know, Charles uh, could have been the next month, the month after whatever they're there, there, I don't think we were running around, you know, tyranny of the urgent to trying to, uh, he was, uh, so I, I don't know what I was thinking there other than, we may have already had something planned and he could go in the queue. Uh, but your insights were, were right. I mean, talk about a, uh, hilarious guy who was probably at the peak of his, uh, playing ability. And, and, uh, as, as we saw in the last dance, I mean, he just was, I wouldn't, you know, he was, he didn't back down to anybody. So he's, he would have been a good guy. He's still hilarious today. I did not watch it, but I heard his comments all during the, the golfing match on Sunday were absolutely yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My question for you, you have a bachelor's degree from Columbia and what is that in? It's not, political science, a good useless major. I'm not, I'm not, that's not my question. Okay. My question is if somebody told you, if ComC or somebody said, you know, Rich, we think we'd like you to go get a master's degree or a PhD, where would you go? What field? And they're going to all expenses paid. So what would you want to study? If you were going back to school and you would really enjoy that, is there a field of study? or a level of study that you would, if it was paid for, what would you want to do? Education. I've always been a history buff. 
So I'd want to do, I'd want to do something in the, in the history and probably American history since 1865. That's always been my most, in, oh, to, to me, that's always been the most fascinating part. And it's just so much has happened in this country. There's so, so many big things. I actually did research when I was in, in college. And he once told me he had all his 60s and 61s baseball cards. And I used to tell him, I'll take that instead of cash for the payment. <laughs> and he did something about shoemaking and publishing and printing or publishing newspapers or publishing in Philadelphia between 1850 and 1885. And I read, and I read either through microfilm or through it. And I noted all the articles and there were some fascinating things. And every once in a while I'd stop because I'd see an article about baseball on the front page. So I'd read that while I was at it. But your thesis, your, if you were doing this master's or PhD and you had to do a thesis or a dissertation, you would not do sports or cards. It would be more on more esoteric, more what was really it, going it on in culture. Related. It might be sports related, but it wouldn't necessarily be on sports. It might be more on, you know, politician. You know, this is going to sound weird. Like in New Jersey, when I grew up, we had sixth grade secretaries of state go to jail for political malfeasance. Oh, so something about just what type of people have been involved in politics at a certain point in a certain in a certain geographical area would fascinate me. Okay, well, well that's that's the end of my question. I'm just shocked that you would not lean into your vast hobby experience. So your turn for a question. Okay, question number two. You know, I was you know, and after your heart attack, I didn't see you as much, but I would come in sometimes if I had a question or I'd email you a question, and a situation came up. Uh, where Rob Veers, our mutual friend and one of your sponsors, I think wanted to get a little something extra for the almanac, you know, as an ad or something. And I went to you with that. And I think your, your response to me was something like, Rich, in this case, a bad deal is probably better than no deal at all. And, and so I was curious because, you know, to me, that showed a lot about you instead of trying to win on everything. Hey, sometimes a short-term loss, and I think you've alluded to this in a couple of your podcasts, sometimes it's okay not to win on everything if you're going to win overall with, with a person. And I don't mean that you lost with Rob Veers. Rob's very smart. And, you know, the relationship that you had with him and Beckett Marketplace was very mutually beneficial. But I got a lot out of that. And I was just curious what you thought about, you know, that type of comment. Well, I mean, I think that uh, if you're going to bend over uh, and give a good deal to somebody, uh, he's a good one. You know, he, he really was uh, extremely influential in the, I don't want to talk about him in the past tense, but he's, he's a very influential dealer. He was even then. and. Uh, and so in the, in the larger scheme of things, I want to be in a business relationship with people I respect. And if, if, if it's an extra good deal for the other person, uh, obviously you, you can't do an extra good deal every single time, but to occasionally give an affirmation to somebody you want to be in business with without, you know, betting the farm, uh, that's a good thing. I, 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 you know, I just think he was, um, you know, a lot of those things, Rich, you know, from being, you know, doing some of the same things I did, the unique contributions of somebody, of some of the people in the hobby, it was hard to quantify anyway. So if he put a different value on some of his contributions than I did, then I could say, okay. So and well, I, policies, I'm losing no sleep over that at all. One of the policies I always had was that we were making money off the almanac anyway, and publishing an extra eight pages probably, you know, if we had to publish an extra eight pages to get some extra ads in, probably wasn't going to bust the budget. It wasn't going to bust the budget, and and like I said, when we well, well, I'm going to do an episode about our advertising policies in a few weeks, and that'll be good. But uh, is that answer that question? You ready? Right, sure does. Okay, you are not limited to any number of people here, so you can do a whole bunch of people if you want. But the scenario is this: this is a what if upper deck. Let's say it's upper deck, but it could be tops, could be panini. But let's say it's upper deck, 
calls you and says, Rich, I know you know a lot of people in the industry. We need to hire some people right now for a, a hobby job that is a you know, good paying job. And who do you know that would be somebody that would really be good to work at Upper Deck, whether it's on location or sheltered in place? But who are some people, and it could be, it doesn't have to be full time. What's the talent out there that you've come across that you could recommend to them or tell them how to go about it? Would you push them towards some of the podcasters or some of the relationships you have? Who are some of the sharp people that you, and it, I'm excluded and you're excluded. You can't say, well, you, you need to hire Jim or you need to hire. Uh, so present company notwithstanding, are there some sharp young people or a process you would recommend from your all the contacts you have in the industry? Well, I, but one of my first thoughts, because some of them are so active, there are some really, really bright podcasters out there. You know, Mike Sumner comes to mind as somebody who's very intuitive and has really studies. Like, as you said, he's, right. in that, he's very analytical. And he'll even realize he wrote one of his blogs about Project 2020, said he misread what, they, what Topps was doing with that and has gone into it because he realized he was wrong. And that's something that not everybody can, re, you know, will say, hey, I can be wrong on something and I can make adjustments. And making products, you have to make adjustments. Uh, Big Shep in California, who you still need to interview, since you interviewed the other two people on the About the Cards project. Scheduled, he's scheduled, Rich. Okay, good. Uh, is, is another person who's really into doing that type of work where he's done enough in enough different fields to do it. My friend here, Ken Kinsley, would be very good because Ken is very, you know, he's worked for major corporations. He understands how corporations work. And that's something else. You can't necessarily dump in somebody who may never have worked for a small or big corporation before or a small or big company because they may have, you know, learning corporate culture can be hard, but it's even harder if you've never done anything like that. If all you ever did was work at a card store, that's kind of hard to adjust to a, to a corporation, big or big company, big or small. Okay, let's stop at those three. But my point I was going to make is I thought you'd say something a little bit like that. But in the case of Mike Summer and... Uh, Tim Shepler, you know, you're talking about guys that are, which is wonderful. They're kind of given it away, kind of like we are here. So Upper Deck, if it was Upper Deck, they don't need to hire Mike Summer. They get the benefit of the research and the the blogging that he's doing. And same thing with Big Shep on the about the cards. I mean, it's it's uh, it's amazing the information's out there. But obviously, I agree. If they wanted to hire somebody on a more uh, substantial basis, either out there or get more hours and be in a contractual relationship. Uh, Tap it into some of these podcasters and and uh, and uh, you know Ken as well. You know would be uh, would be a good idea. So I guess we're I, I'm I like your answer and I think uh, card companies. If you're listening, uh, you could uh, tap into some of the wisdom of some of the podcasters. Present company notwithstanding, again we're giving it away for free, but um, you know some are have their niches and uh, I hope hope uh, listeners you'll tap into it in the card. Okay, Rich, I wanted to uh, give you last word. So we probably okay, well, got time for one last question. Clay Larassi at Tops always used to tell me, Rich, we don't mind if you put a criticism in of some of our products or your comments when you do a box review, because we know you're doing those constructively. And that's one of the most important things for car companies to listen to. If they know that you're trying to help them, they're much more responsive to how you say something rather than they're just, you know, they're bad people. But if they say, I think Tops did something wrong here because just like we used to say at Beckett, if somebody came up to us and said, Beckett sucks, we wouldn't listen. But if somebody said, Beckett sucks because you missed this, oh, well, listen, you have a specific complaint. And that's something to remember that you have to also have to bring specific things to help all these card companies with too. So what, what's your question? Do you want me to? That wasn't really a question. It's just, just a statement. Well, that, I will say this. You know, we had, uh, back in the day, we had uh, lengthy discussions with all the 
card companies and they did want feedback. But as I uh, mentioned, you were on the um, show with me a, a little while ago with the hobby uh, hotline, the call-in show. And one of the topics that came up was some of the ways the card companies dealt uh, back when things were getting a little tricky uh, for some of the companies and they regarded us as the, as the enemy. Uh, one of them did anyway, uh, to some degree. And it, it didn't feel, you know, your scenario of asking for constructive criticism was not the way they came at it. It was, it was trying to tell us how to do our job, which that doesn't feel very good. Um, never they, mind. Somebody said, how do you, you know, this is how you should do your job. And I don't think anybody likes that to this day. But, you know, as I said, though, that they understood in more recent years, they've been more receptive yeah. to legitimate constructive, and, and I'll use the word legitimate constructive criticism. There is a such thing as constructive criticism. Like I said, it's, it's you know, if instead of doing this, could you do it this way? And sometimes there's some additional reason why you're doing it a different way than what they think that they're not aware of. And you can tell, oh, okay, so that's why you do that. You have these certain deadlines or you have something. So uh, again, as long as it's civil and amicable and professional, uh, you've got a real chance to uh, increase the understanding. And, you know, everybody wants to have a profitable, enjoyable hobby. And the card companies, they're they're trying to make money, but, but the ones I know love their job too. So, Jim, you brought up and you posted some of the information we had in our hobby dinner when, you know, you take the hobby dinners with, with some of the things. And our mutual friends who we used to work with at Beckett posted about some of what they have to go through to get approvals from the NBA to get to get their cards done. And the NBA may say, no, you have to change this okay. at the last minute. So they have to go through things we don't even think about. Agreed. Okay. Well, that's a good, uh, I'm, I'm not uh, wanting to turn back the clock to those days, actually, but uh, I'm happy with the uh, good new days that we have. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.